Good morning. My name is Paula, and I am the assistant pastor here at Fellowship Church, and I am over outreach and volunteers. Uh, while we're bummed that this week we won't be able to gather in person, we are so thankful for technology and then our team of technologically knowledgeable people like uh, Ryan, who's over our FC online ministry, and Casey, our associate pastor over worship and services, and their whole team so that we can have worship and our service streamed online. So we are glad that you're joining us online today and um, we're, we're looking forward to our leadership and our staff feeling 100% so that we can gather in person again. So during this time, um, it's weird to be at home. You know, your kids are still in their jammies, you might still be in your pajamas, but I'm going to just ask that you would take this time as seriously as if you were at church. So um, if you're watching on your phone, you know, maybe turn the volume down so that you aren't distracted by notifications. If you're streaming through your TV or through your computer, maybe just put your phone in another room because just like when we come into the church building, we want to create a sacred space and um, just dedicate this time to the Lord. So I'm going to continue. We'll be reading out of the end of Exodus 2 and the beginning of Exodus 3. And so last week, Casey um, brought this great message of Moses growing up and then um, Moses fleeing Israel. And so what we'll be going over today is about 40 years later. So 40 years have gone by and Moses has been in the desert. Um, he's been getting married and having children and shepherding for his father-in-law. Um, but it says in Exodus 2 that during those many days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. So while Moses is in the wilderness, God is still working. God, um, God is not phased by Moses being in the wilderness. And it says that God hears his people, and God remembers his people, and not only the people who are living and suffering, but he remembers the people before them, the people that he entered into this covenant with, the people that he had relationship with. You know, God walked with Abraham. Um, God wrestled with Isaac, or Jacob, not Isaac. Cut that out. I'll re-say that. God walked and talked with Abraham, and um, God wrestled with Jacob when he changed his name. And God remembered those times and remembered that relationship. And even though it's been 400 years that Israel's been in Egypt, and it's been 40 years since Moses has fled Egypt, God still remembers. And he hears them, and he, um, he notices their suffering. And we Christians can take great encouragement in this as we suffer. God is with us in our suffering. Um, Psalms tells us that God is close to the brokenhearted. And so we can rest in the, uh, the fact that as God 
or as we are suffering, God is with us. He hears our cries. He remembers us. And he remembers the generations of faithful, God-fearing people before us. Um, and so in chapter 3, we, we shift from the Israelites and we shift back to Moses. And again, this is about 40 years since what took place that Casey talked about last week. And it says that Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses answers, here I am. And God tells him, do not come near. Take your sandals off for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And God says to Moses, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And so the first thing that stands out to me in this is that it says that Moses goes to the west side, to, the, to this mountain called Horeb. And Horeb's other name is the mountain of God. So Moses goes to some place that was known for being of God. But another thing that stands out to me is that God appears to Moses in Moses's normal daily activities. And when I look back on my life and I think of the times that I have heard God speak to me clearly and undeniably, there are times that are, they're not crazy spiritual. One time I was getting ready for bed and I was, I just was crying out to God and asked him a question and he answered me. And another time I was doing my makeup and getting ready for the day. But again, God speaks. Sometimes he speaks in those powerful moments, but sometimes he speaks in the mundane. And so it's important for us to, to one, to go to places where we know that are of God. That's why meeting together as believers is important. The Bible tells us that when two or more are gathered together, that the Lord is near. And just like Moses goes to the mountain of God, um, it's important for us to go to places that we know God is. But it's also important to remember that God is everywhere and that he can meet us anywhere. And he can meet us while we're doing the dishes or while we're doing, while we're driving or while we're tending sheep. Um, God is not limited. And God will meet you where you are. And so we don't even know if Moses knew God. We don't know how much of Israel's um, tradition and these stories that he knew. We think he might have known some because he was in his father's house and he was cared for by his mother, but he would have been a small child. So there is a chance that God is speaking to Moses as an unbeliever. And God will meet us where we're at. He doesn't, um, we don't have to be perfect to meet God. God meets us where we are. Um, the final thing that stands out in this passage is that this was once 
in 40 years. Moses had been in the wilderness for 40 years, and God only, it's only recorded that God spoke to him this one time. And I think sometimes we look at the Bible and we look at books like Acts, and we think, man, I must be doing something wrong because I don't, I don't hear God's voice. God doesn't speak to me like that. I don't perform miracles. But I think it's important to, um, when we're reading these times, to look at the timeline. And so, yes, Moses has this radical encounter with God, but he's almost 80 at this point. And he had been in the wilderness for 40 years. And um, we have to, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I'm going to have to go back. Moses is almost 80 at this point, and he's been in the wilderness for 40 years. And so while it's easy to read the Bible and to read these stories and think, man, I don't hear from God hardly ever, but we know that because we have access to the Holy Spirit, that we have easier access to God and to hearing from him than Moses did. And one wonderful example of this is Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa did ministry for nearly 70 years. But Mother Teresa, um, she spoke openly about the only time she ever felt that she heard God speak to her was when she was 19. And she was on a train. Um, she wasn't doing anything amazing. She was on a train. She was traveling. And the Lord spoke to her and told her to join the ministry that she first joined. And then in that, she just continued to take the steps that were presented for her. And so for 70 years, she cared for those who were brought to her. She cared for the poor. She cared for the sick. But she And she sought God, but she never felt that she had an experience with God like she did that day on the train when she was 19. So don't be discouraged if you don't hear God's voice every day, but continue to go to places where God is. Continue to seek God. And um, we also see Moses, he sees that this bush is on fire and he sees that it's not being consumed and he says, I will turn aside. So when you think that God is speaking to you or when you think you are witnessing God move in your life, turn towards it. Go towards it. So, in verse 7 of chapter 3, the Lord tells Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up and to the land of a good, up out of that land to a good and broad land a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of Israel has come to me. I have seen the oppression with which Egypt oppresses them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Egypt? 
And the Lord said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And so we see God tell Moses, I've seen my people suffering. I have heard their cries. And so again, just reaffirming, God is with you when you are being afflicted. Um, and so we also see Moses um, twice now in these passages. He's been afraid or he has kind of expressed doubt. Who am I? And then um, in verse 13, Moses does this again. Moses says to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And this phrase is the word that we use, uh, Yahweh. And he says, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And God says, say it to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. So God is reassuring the people of Israel. He wants them to know who he is. And so um, he, even though Moses might not know who God is, he might not have a relationship with God, God Moses' ancestors did know God. And God affirms that. And so Moses, you know, he says that in the very beginning. And Moses asks for clarification. And God reveals this name, Yahweh. I am who I am. The one who is, the one who will be, the one who is becoming, the God who is the same yesterday and today. And so later in Jesus' life, we see him uh, say the phrase, before Abraham was, I am. And Pharisees are so offended by this because God, Jesus is declaring himself to be the great I am, to be Yahweh. And um, he's claiming to exist before Abraham. Um, he's claiming that he was the one who made the covenant with Abraham and that he's the one who spoke out of this burning bush and that that just gives us this assurance that you know jesus has been forever because he is just as much god as god the father and god the spirit and this is a confirmation that it is god speaking in this bush it's not an angel it is the lord it is yahweh um so back to moses <laughs> moses is having this interaction and what God is saying is that he is keeping his covenant. God keeps his promises. Even when you've been in the wilderness for 40 years, even when you've been enslaved for 400 years. And 
we see through the Bible, and Anthony has spoken on this many times, that God chooses to partner with humans. And he doesn't need to. He's the God who created the universe. He created us. He does not need to partner with us. But it is part of his plan to partner with us. And he keeps his promises in that partnership. So God is continuing to fulfill his promise to Abraham. And um, he uses Moses to rescue the descendants, the nation of Israel, from the land that they're sojourning in, which is Egypt. But we see that Moses has a lot of hesitation. Moses goes back and forth with God um, a few times. And we see that Moses is afraid and that Moses, um, Moses is very skeptical that he is the right person for the job. And I think that we can all relate to that. We all have these moments of, God, why would you use me? And especially if we, if we doubt that we're hearing from God. And if it's been a long time since we've heard from God, we begin to doubt. But Moses is ordained. Just like Casey talked about, he was ordained from the time that he was a baby. And his mother, to some degree, saw this calling on Moses' life. And so sometimes people are going to see the calling on your life that you cannot see. Um, but God will use Moses to free the Israelites from slavery. Even though Moses isn't confident, God is confident in himself and in his plan and in his power because that's what Moses uses. Moses uses God's power. So is for Israel to be free, it would require the boldness of an outcast. And so Moses is an outcast his whole life. Moses is adopted into the court of the Egyptian pharaoh, but they know that he is a Hebrew. The, uh, his adopted mother, the daughter of Pharaoh, she states when she sees him that he is a Hebrew child. They know that he's Hebrew. He knows he's not Egyptian. And then he, as he grows up, he knows that the people of Israel are his people, and he seeks justice for them and ends up killing this Egyptian taskmaster. And then he has to flee into another, into the wilderness and live among another people that he is not a part of. And while he establishes a life and it seems that they accept him and he takes a wife and he has children, this is not his people. He is still an outsider. He is still an outcast. But God always brings the outcasts back. And um, freedom requires boldness. And Anthony has talked from stage about being more bold. And in our meetings as um, staff and leadership, boldness has been a word that we have talked about a lot. And boldness is terrifying. And I find myself more like Moses, where I doubt that I am able to do what God has called me to do. I doubt that I am hearing God. But God doesn't ask us to be um, perfect. He doesn't ask us to be 100% sure. But he does ask us to have faith. 
And sometimes faith is stepping out in this boldness where you might not feel confident in yourself, but you have the confidence in Jesus and you have the confidence in the power of Christ and in the Holy Spirit. And so freedom, which we have in Christ, um, Jesus's death on the cross gave us freedom in Christ and freedom requires boldness. And boldness is just little steps of faith. Um, you know, in Proverbs, it talks about how the word is a lamp to our feet. And a lamp gives a little bit of light. And we don't always know all of God's plans. And Moses, at this point especially, did not know all of God's plans. But he knew who God was. God had revealed who he was. He had revealed his name. He had revealed his intention to keep the covenant with Abraham. And so Moses begins to take these steps of faith. And um, one thing that I, I feel impressed to share is that your chains are broken. God has broken your chains, whether that's addiction or bad relationships or guilt or shame, whatever you feel that you're chained in, God has broken those chains, but we have to get up and walk away from those chains. And I think so many times we live like we're still chained, but God, they're broken. They were broken the day that Jesus died and rose again on the cross from the cross. And you have to take those steps of faith. And so you might feel like you're still shackled, but you can rest assured that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, he hears your affliction. He is with you in your suffering and your chains are broken. So begin to take those little steps of faith, those steps that will lead into boldness, that will lead into freedom. Like Moses, we have to be obedient to the call. And so not just walking in freedom, but bringing others in to walk in freedom with us. This is why Jesus's last command is to go into the earth and to share the gospel. The gospel is the freedom that we have. And even in Exodus, even in this story, with um, an 80-year-old man living in the wilderness, talking to a bush, we are seeing that, that end result of Jesus freeing us, of Jesus giving us the ability to step out of the chains that en enslave us and to, to not just walk out of them, but to bring others out of their chains also. And we can do this. Because God knows, just like I talked about earlier, he is, he was, he is, and he will be forever. He was, he's the same. He's never changed. The God who spoke to Moses thousands of years ago is the same God who's waiting to talk to you today. And he's going to talk to you when you go to places where he is at, but he's also going to talk to you while you're doing just your ordinary day life while you're taking care of your children, while you're driving to work, while you're filing paperwork, while you're doing dishes, whatever it is that you're doing, God is going to meet you there, but he is going to call you to be bold. 
and he is going to call you to take steps of faith and you're going to doubt yourself you're going to doubt your calling but you need to surround yourself with people who see your calling who see what god is pulling you into calling you into surround yourself with those people but don't forget to bring others into the freedom that you have so I'm going to pray, and I just hope that you have a wonderful week. Lord God, we love you, and we are so thankful for your death on the cross and that you defeated sin and hell and the grave so that we can walk in freedom, and Lord, that we can share this freedom with others. And Lord God, I just ask that you would give us boldness this week, Lord God. That, and Lord, I ask that we would press in. But Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to each and every person listening to this in a way that you've never revealed yourself, in a way that's undeniable. But Lord, as you begin to reveal yourself, I pray that we would turn aside to see what it is, that we would press in. In your name, amen. Have a wonderful week.